evening. How are you? How are you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says, we said in the morning, with joy, we draw water out of the well of salvation. And I hope you have got something to draw with. Because the well is deep. Hallelujah. The woman told the Lord Jesus in John chapter 4 and said to him, you know the well is deep and you have nothing to draw it. It's a deep well. And the Lord said to her, give me to drink. She said to him, how can you a Jew ask me to give you water to drink? Being a Samaritan. And the Lord said to her, if you know the gift of God, and who is speaking to you? You will ask him, and he will give you living water. And the lady said to him, well, the well is deep, and you have nothing to draw it. Christ came to earth to bring the power of God closer to everyone. He did not come to bring religion. He came to bring power. Bring his power, the power of God, to bring it closer and accessible to everybody and everywhere at every time. Whether you are alone in the midnight, something happens, or you are in your car, or wherever, however, where you are, God wants to bring his power close to you. You don't have to wait till Sunday. Some miracles can't wait till Sunday. I told my wife, I like miracles because it makes life exciting. Life without miracles is very dull. She, they are watching me there tonight. They, they are awake by midnight. They are watching in Czech Republic. This morning, people were watching us from Philippines, from London, from many parts of the world. They were watching this morning. And, you know, my wife have a See, my wife will not be laughing there now. She have a, her sister in London. And, you know, they've been married for some time and they couldn't get a baby. So they, they flew in from London to come for, home for us for Christmas. And they said, Pastor, pray. We want to have a child. We want to have a child. So I and my wife joined and prayed and, and they got pregnant. And they got a, a baby girl. Then they, they tried again and again and again. And nothing coming again. They say, we are coming again. <laughs> We're coming to, pray, to check again. We're going to get pregnant again. <laughs> so I and my wife prayed. They say, Lord, this time, before they get here, let them get pregnant. So they know I'm not the one doing the miracles, you know. So two weeks before they came to us, other 10 days or two weeks before they came, she got pregnant. They didn't even know. I mean, about 10 days before they came for, for I think, summer, Christmas, holiday, Christmas, and, and, and they got pregnant, and they didn't know it. It was last year, last year, Christmas, they came to us in Christmas time. So they came, we stayed together, I was going to Africa, so we prayed, and then I left to Africa, they said a little while. Then when they went back, and they found out that they were pregnant, they were pregnant about 10 days or so before they came to us. I said, that's exactly what we prayed, that you got pregnant before you even get here. Somebody say hallelujah. So I, I want to share with us some few things. How to tap into the power of God. 
how. Like we said this morning, the well is there, but if you have nothing to draw it, you will die of thirst. Even though you have the well, you can even see the water there. But if you don't know, if you have nothing to draw it, then you can't die of thirst. And so, God wants us to know how to draw from the well of his power. Somebody say hallelujah. We can begin here in the, in, in the book of uh, uh, Matthew. In Matthew chapter 3, we see that the Lord was baptized. Chapter 3 of Matthew verse 15. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Holy Ghost, I adore you tonight. I give you your place in this meeting and in my life. Lord, I am nothing without you. Only you can bless your people and glorify your name. Have your way, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. So here we see that the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was baptized by immersion, water baptism, by John the Baptist, as he came up out of the water, he was also filled with the Holy Spirit. So right here, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in chapter 4, we see that in chapter 4, verse 1, then was just an opportunity to spring into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So here, he was filled with the Holy Ghost in chapter 3. Then in chapter 4, we see him fasting and praying for 40 days. And then after that, the devil came. Why many of us are defeated by the devil is because we are not prepared to meet him. One of the major things that the, the Holy Ghost will do for you, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, one of the major things is to prepare your appointment with the devil. But if you don't let the Holy Ghost prepare you for what is to come, what is to come will come anywhere, but you ain't ready. So many Christians today, they are met with problems, tragedies, temptations, devils, attacks, unprepared. The Holy Ghost is the one that knows the devil's timetable. The Holy Ghost knows what the devil is thinking, what he's planning to do against you tomorrow. When, where, how, with whom, with what. The, the, the Holy Ghost knows the devil's plan from A to Z. There's nothing hidden from God. He knows what's going to happen next year, 10 years to come. He knows everything. And when, he, when you are baptized by the Holy Ghost and beginning to pray in the Holy Spirit, you are speaking mysteries. You are turning the pages of your life. And he began to prepare you for what is to come. Here the Lord was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then he was led by the Spirit. Many of us today are only praying in tongues. We don't know how to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
So we pray in tongues, but we still suffer everything because we are not led. So the Holy Ghost fills you. And if you become to really genuinely give yourself to praying in the Holy Ghost, as the pastor said, continuously, then he begins to prepare you for what is to come. And when he prepares you for what is to come, you can go through anything and, su- and survive. Because you were already, what? Prepared before it came. Somebody say hallelujah. So here we see the Lord baptized. Here we see him now led. And here we see him fasting and praying. And that prepared him to meet the devil. To face the temptation. The devil I mean here may be just temptation. The Holy Ghost knows how you'll be tempted tomorrow. Who will meet you tomorrow? What they will say? How they will behave? And he wants to prepare you today against tomorrow. So when tomorrow comes, you are ready for tomorrow. But if tomorrow takes you on a way, meets you unprepared, you cannot survive. So, get that. So he, then the devil came, you know the story, and, and tempted him, and he was victorious. You see here, two times, Christ began with prayer. But before the devil came, he was ready to meet the devil. In the Garden of Gethsemane, before Judas would bring the high priest to come and arrest him, he's already prayed through. When they came to arrest him, he was ready for anything. Holy Ghost, prayer and fasting prepares you for anything. If not, you are prepared for nothing. And that's why any little thing that comes into your life knocks you down. Because if you spend your time playing video games, watching movies, have no time for prayer, have no time for the word, have no time for church, you, listen, I'm, listen let me tell you something, I'm sorry, but you are going nowhere. The Christian life is not as cheap as you think. So, here we see the Lord Jesus. Chapter 4, the fasting, the praying, confronting the devil, defeating the devil. And then you see in verse, um, in verse, um, um, verse uh, then the Bible said he came back in the power of the Holy Ghost. After that temptation, he came back in the power of the Spirit. So you have to understand, being filled with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit doesn't really give you the power you need. There's more to it. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that means you now have the generator within you. If you have a big generator in your home or in your house, and hurricane comes and knocks down all the power, but you never start the generator, you will have no light. Even though you may have a big one in your home, but as long as you never try to, you will have no power. You have the power source, but no power. So you can have the power source, but no power. You see, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is God's word. It is powerful. It is great. It's mighty. Listen. But if you put this book on your head and sleep, devil can sit on your brain. If you have this book in your home, 
and carry it anywhere you go. That won't save you from accident. It won't save you from nothing. This book is like any other book. It has no power of its own. Some people think because I have a, a cross in my home, devil going to run away. Devil got a bigger cross than you got. <laughs> he got a bigger cross. Ask the Pope. Devil troubles him all the time because even they have a big cross. <laughs> that, that means nothing. But when you want the power of the world, you put mind to it. You put thought to it. You, then you give voice to the world. Say with me, give mind to the word. Say with me, give voice to the word. When, when the devil came to Christ, devil didn't, Jesus didn't bring the Bible and say, hey, this is my Bible, this is my Bible, this is my... He said, no, 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 it is written. It is written. He didn't start doing like this. <laughs> oh, oh, devil has come again. No, 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 they will kill you. It is written. He gave voice to the word. You have to give mind. Many of us are giving mind to every poison on earth. Every nonsense. Listen, we we are created almost empty. We are not supposed to draw from this well and fill ourselves. You are empty without this. You have nothing to resist the devil without the word of God in your heart and in your mind. You have to give heart to it. Give mind. Think on this. Think on this. It becomes a force in your thinking. You give a voice to it. And then you act on it. It is dead till you act on it. Say with me, act on it. Act on it. Yeah. So you are to put action to it. Put mind to it. Give a voice to it and step out on it. Then you see the power of it. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So Jesus, when he has fasted and prayed, the Bible says he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's when he began to manifest the power of God. He came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so, we can see some few things here. We can see the place of prayer. In Matthew 17, disciples were confronted by a problem They've gone out and cast out devils and healed the sick. And then there came an issue which they could not cast the devil out. As he came down from the mountain, the disciples could not cast out the devil. And then in verse, um, verse 19, then came, that's Matthew 17, 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, 
Remove thence, hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Verse 31 says, How bet this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and what? Fasting. That's, that's the Bible. And I'm sorry for you Americans. Some of you ought to come to check for drilling. And spend two months with me, I'll drill you. I'll be a drill surgeon. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. Listen, McDonald is not your friend all the time. KFC can send you to hell. I went home some time ago. My sister said to me, oh, first, you look skinny. I said, what do you want? To be f- big and full of demons or be skinny and full of the Holy Ghost? She says, stay as you are. <laughs> well, what do you want? Listen, don't be afraid to change the way you look. Prayer and fasting and God's word supposed to transform your personality. It is more better to live a prayer and fasting life in the word and be healthy and be strong. And don't fast just to lose weight. Fast to gain weight in the spirit. Somebody say hallelujah. Lose weight in the physical and gain weight in the spirit. That's better. Somebody say that's better. Hallelujah. So fasting and prayer is very, very important. It is not just for the pastor or for some few people in the church. Some few it is for every child of God. The early church knew this. The early church gave themselves to fasting and prayer. Today's church is full of hum, 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 hum. And we eat and we, and the devil is clapping hand. They will say, give them more chicken leg. Give them more chicken. Give them more chicken. <laughs> They're going to eat. <laughs> give them more chicken. Give them more hamburger. Feed them. Stuff them. Put some sugar in it. I mean, we, we are eating ourselves to destruction. And some have lost every control in the area of eating. I want you to sincerely ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, lead me, help me with the grace of fasting. You will like it. And the Lord says, because of your unbelief, fasting drives out unbelief. Fasting breaks unbelief. When you are fasting and reading God's word, it goes straight into your inner man. It sinks deep in your heart. The early church knew the power of fasting and prayer. They gave themselves to fasting and prayer. Not just individually as a person, which is very important, but also as a family. You and your wife. Some issues come up in your family or in your life or in your job. Don't just pray and go. Spend some day in fasting and prayers. Somebody say hallelujah. You can be busy making all the money and one day a little something come and you lose all the money. Spend some time in prayer and in fasting. In the book of Acts, we can see that the church was full of power. In Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer. We see them, you know, this man was healed who was lame from his mother's womb. 
And then, you know the story there, and they were arrested. And uh, in chapter 4, as they were arrested, they brought them together and we were asking them questions. Verse 8 says, chapter 4 of 8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we, we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what name he is made whole, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and then, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Now tell me they had been with Jesus. So there's a place of fasting, place of prayer, place of the word. There's also a place of being with Jesus. This is how you draw the power. You've been with Jesus. You cannot rub shoulder with the epicenter of power and authority and come out a weak person. You can never, no man ever know Jesus and been with him and commune with Jesus and become a weak person. It is absolutely impossible. A genuine communion with the Son of God will infuse his power and strength into your being. And by fasting and prayer and being in his presence and in his word, his power will rub off on you. Christ's plan was that you and I be defined by the power of God. Hallelujah! And so here we see that they knew that they had been with Jesus. They were ordinary people. They had no strength. They were ordinary fishermen. But because of their communion, their intimacy, their fellowship with Jesus, they were transformed to become powerful men. And the power is open to all. This is for you and for me. Now, but I want to show us something here today. Verse 21 says... So when they had further to tend them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people for all men glorify God for that which was done. Okay? Verse 23 says, And being let go, they went to their own company. And reported all that what the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which had made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the hidden rage? The people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers we are gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, had Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel we are gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determine before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to thy servants that with all boldness, say with me, all boldness, they may speak thy word. You see, the power of God is not for a picnic. 
God doesn't give you power for selfish reasons. The power of God is for a purpose. And many times, while we cannot walk in God's power, it's because we don't know our purpose. It's like you come to me telling me, you are my daughter, you say, Dad, give me a thousand dollars. I ask you for what? Just tell me why she's giving me a thousand dollars. And if you tell me, mm, I say, well, I'm sorry, mm -mm -mm, goodbye. So God's power is for a purpose. It's not so you can show people that I have power. No, no, that's not the way. It is for a purpose. So when you find out your purpose in life, what God is calling you for, when you begin to cry, say, God, I want to live clean. I want the power to walk in me so I can be pure. I want to be able to do your will, please you, live a decent life, and wait till I am married. I don't want to do what every other boy is doing. I don't want to do what every other girl is doing. I want to be able to wait for my right time and do your will, be full of your power, and serve you till the day comes. If you have a hunger for holiness, hunger to be a good example, hunger to manifest the power of God, Hunger to be able to proclaim and preach and teach and have an influence for Christ, then God will give you the power. But if all you need is just the power to go to church, just sit in that church every Sunday morning. No, the power of God is for the purpose. And so look at what happened there. And so they, they prayed. And the Bible said in verse, um, um, verse 20, 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was what? Shaken. Where they were what? Assembled together and they were all, not some, all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God with what? Boldness. All filled. All. If you, if, if, if everybody here is full of the Holy Ghost, having the same passion, the same drive and crying to God, say, oh God, show your power. Manifest your glory. Give us the anointing to proclaim the gospel. Give us the power to shake rally. If everybody here is filled with the Holy Ghost and united in prayer, rally will be changed. Because God does not release all his power to one person. The power of God is for the body of Christ. Now, just imagine if, there's a, if you want to make fire, you know, you want to make some fire, maybe in the, in the camp or somewhere, and then you, you bring 50, 50 woods that are, I mean, soaked with water, 50 of them. Then you bring five woods that have fire on them. Just five. The 50 is, is wet, drenching with water. Then you join together with five. What's going to happen? The fire will go out. So if you come to the church, only few people pray in the spirit. Only few people know what you are talking about. Only few people live the rest of the week for God and in God. Only five people open their Bibles on Monday. Only two open on Wednesday. The rest come like frozen woods and say, warm me up if you can. They will tear you down. They will destroy you. 
Our church in check has been coming to a very new height. Not just because of me, but because now almost everybody is waking up. Even our little girls fast, seven-year-old, ten-year-old, wake up in the morning. My wife is preparing breakfast, and Anna is ten. She said, Mom, I'm fasting today. I'm going to school. Moms, I'm fasting today. I'm, I'm fasting today. I'm fasting today. Our little girls are fasting. They're praying. America, please wake up. Wake up one more time. The devil knows when America wakes up, the world will shake. The devil knows. That's why I want to cast you into slumber. He knows that when, when this nation wake up back again in the power of God, the devil knows the power. When people in this country will wake up again and walk in the power and the light of God, that the whole world will be shaken. Somebody say hallelujah. And so I challenge you to wake up America. The Lord spoke to me, America will be a part of your mission field. And I've been preaching in America now for 26 years. He spoke to me directly. He said to me, in 1994, September, an American will meet you in Prague, and he will take you to USA in September 1994. That's what happened. That's how I came here. I was with my friend last week, just on Thursday, I was with them in Pensacola. My friend there that took me, brought me here in 1994. So the, the early church, they knew the power of fasting and prayer. When not just personal or family, but as a corporate people. They had one vision, one dream, one desire, one drive. They would come together. They don't say, Paul, Peter, you pray. Oh, this one, you fast. No, we, we just going to come when we want. No, all of them, all. In the book of Acts, it was all, all, all healed, all filled, all prayed, all fasted. All gave. When shall we come back to the place of all again? All were filled. And all raised up their voices. All loudly. Lord God. They all at one time. Spontaneously. All raised their voices. Today when we say let us pray. Some are writing something on the ground. Some are even sending texts. With your phone. And let me tell you something. You want the power of God? God's power can be very, very dangerous. Because when God's power begins to come down, it will purify the church. Many will run away because they don't want to live clean. <laughs> when Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead, many left the church. But those who were really hungry joined the church. Peter was arrested by Herod. Acts chapter 12, he was put in prison. And the Bible said the whole church, they spend night fasting and praying for Peter. All the night, everybody. Nobody said, I'm going, I'm going to go watch for a movie. Oh, I want to go here. I want to. No. Everybody joined together praying all night, passionately fasting, praying for Peter. And because of their prayer, God sent an angel to the prison. Somebody say hallelujah. The same power they had, we have it today. The same Bible, the same Jesus, the same God is for you and I today. 
How many will the devil destroy before we wake up? How many more marriages will be destroyed before we wake up? What will wake the church up? How many more lives, how many more pastors and leaders will be destroyed before the church wakes up? If it is today, they will say, well, he, uh, he's always an arrogant preacher. That's why they arrested him. Well, you know, it must be his sin. No. The whole church knew that Peter's problem is their problem. They spent all night praying. And they prayed and they prayed. And in answer to their prayer, God sent an angel to the prison. Your weakness will destroy many people. Your prayerlessness will destroy many people. Pastors, leaders, churches, people, your own friends, your own family. They fasted. They prayed all night. Then Peter was delivered from prison. And he came to the house and was knocking on the door. And Rhoda came out. Thinking it was Peter's ghost. He said, no, it is me. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas were in Philippi. They were arrested. They were whipped. They were beaten. Their backs were bleeding. They were put in the inner prison. They were in chains. And I believe the church there were praying for them. And then the Bible said, at midnight, Paul and Silas raised up their voice in corporate prayer and praise. And the Bible says, as they prayed, as they worshipped God, all the prisoners, what? Heard them. What happened? An earthquake shook the prison, break their chains. Somebody say hallelujah. Today, the church is seeking for political power. And money power. Social power. The devil can exchange the real power for something else. Today, we want to run the government. We want to argue and debate. Because we have lost the power of the spirit. Why? Because man always won power. Man was created by a powerful God and man has a power hunger in him. You, you, you can't be happy without being in power. That is why some men, they want to show how powerful they are and the best thing they can do is to kill somebody. To prove that they are strong. Because man was formed to possess power. Without power, life is not complete. Man, you and I, we are formed by a mighty, powerful God. Our life is useless and nonsense. You, you can have anything and still be depressed. Why? Because you are not walking in power. That is why many people, when they have gotten money, then they want power. Because money is not enough. So they will use their money to get power. They want to have influence. This is how God made man. Because God said to Adam, you have dominion. So many of many people today, because they don't know the power of the spirit, they will use their own human power to control other people. Some men, they see themselves powerless. So they rule their wife like a tyrant. They rule their family like a... They want to prove their power. 
They only show that I'm in control, I'm in charge. I can kill you. That's because the, the man won power. Christ came to give us pure power. We, we were made to have influence. We were made to have dominion. We were made to influence and affect and change things. You are in your element when you are operating in power. Every man was made to have power. God said to Adam, you have the dominion. So we are always looking for something to dominate. To prove. So if we don't have that power of the spirit, we want to have it in politics. Or with mammon. Or social power. Yes. Because you are made to have power. And Christ came and said, this is the power. In Acts chapter 1, when he was about to leave to heaven, the day he was about to leave, all the disciples came to him and said, Master, can you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? I mean, Jesus said, my God, are you sure you really got my, understood my mission? He said, forget about Israel this time. Forget about an earthly kingdom this time. But you shall receive what? Power. You will have a different kind of power. It is not political power. It will be a Holy Ghost power. <laughs> you will have not the power of the kingdom of Israel, but the power of the kingdom of God. When we lose the power of the kingdom of God, we seek for an earthly power. Who is who in the land? Who is killing who? Because man was created to have power. That's why people are going to witchcraft. Satanism, occultism. That's why they are, they are in cult. And, and you have to be very, very careful with politics. Because politics have a spirit. It's not, a, it's not an argument. It's not just an argument. You, you have to know what spirit is operating in the place or in the people. You have to be very careful. It has a very strong, powerful spirit. It is a spirit. It's not just a party thing. And if you're not very careful, you can lose the power of God to the power of politics. Be very, very careful. Because it has a spirit. So they were asking for power, the kingdom of Israel. Will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? God, Jesus said to them, please, this is not what you ought to occupy yourself with. Don't worry about this. God has a plan. When that time comes, he will do it. But for now, Get yourself occupied with the power of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now is the time to have the power of the kingdom of God. And people think if all you have is the Holy Ghost power, then you, you don't have the power in the nation. Ooh -ooh. Sorry for you. Listen, we are the people that really rule. <laughs> Listen. From, from almost the past three or four American presidents, God is my witness. I was always there when they determined who will rule America. 
I have always known in advance who will rule America long time before. Ask this pastor when he came to check. I told him who will rule America. Obama time? And, uh, and uh, George Bush time? I know. I was there in the table when God did tell me who will rule. I knew it. God is my witness. Way ahead of time. And there are some things I know already now that I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to tell it to him later, you know. <laughs> but I will tell you. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. God wants you to rule in the spirit. <laughs> I know it. Where in 2016, in March, April, I already knew who would rule America. I told our church in check already. <laughs> I told our church. We already knew. When he came to me in June 2016, I told him who will rule America. When you don't walk in the power of the Spirit, you walk in divisions. When you allow politics to destroy the power of God in the church, oh, Christ will not take it easy with you. <laughs> don't worry about Israel. But now is your time. You shall receive power. Christ said to them, I know you want power. But don't worry about Israel and the power of land. Who owned this? Who owned that? Forget about this. There's a higher power. The power is uncreated. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will have influence. Not just in Jerusalem, but in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Recently, I was, in, I was in the spirit, and I met a leader, and I saw what he was doing. And I, bowed, I told him, listen, be very careful or I will bring you down. In Europe. I told him. And I see what he was doing with the devil. I say, if you try again, you are down. Then you will know who really have the power. I bring you down. You rule in the spirit. You rule with God. God will show you who and how and when. And you can change things in the spirit. When they begin to legalize trash, you can put your knees down and bring them down. Without even talking. Listen, power doesn't talk much. People who really have power doesn't talk too much. People who are powerful doesn't... You don't talk much because you know the power of your word. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, friends, I wish I had time to preach. But I love you guys so much, you know. <laughs> I love men. I love this church. This is my church, you know. All I'm doing here is goes on television. Your church is a church on CNL and on TBN. I'm now three days in a week. I'm on television now. And now I pay thousands of dollars every month. Just on TV alone. So when I ask you to help me and give to me, I'm not asking for money for food. I don't eat much. 
Somebody say hallelujah. So I'm asking to help me for ministry. As I showed there in the, after, in the, in the morning time of the uh, project in Africa. The school and the orphanage. You are my home church. In America, this is my home church. So if you send me back to, back to check empty hand, I'll go back empty hand. Sister Lisa is always paying this money every month to CNL. And then from there, we are paying to TBN in Africa. So today, I really want you to take it personally to really help me. You've known me for a long time. I'm not a false prophet. False people don't come around too long. You know? They just zoom in and zoom out. Never come again. Somebody say hallelujah. But I'm going to lay hands on you tonight for the spirit of mind to come upon you. And God energize you. Mightily energize you. You can be able to live a life that you can't live any other way. You are able to be freed from things that have bound you for a long time. And the powers of chains of darkness is broken over your life. Thank God there's power. Thank God we can have the power of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank God that the power of God is for us today. Wow. So here we, are, we see the, the power of God in fasting, in prayers, and then in communion. They have been with Jesus. And then we see the power of corporate prayer. Nothing, listen, I pray alone a lot. I pray alone a lot. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like when I pray with my wife. I'm here, I have my, before, many times before they go to bed, we pray on video. I and my wife will pray. My children, they all come, even though I'm here. Whether I'm in Asia, anywhere I am, we all pray online. There's a special grace that comes on my life when I pray with my family. When I pray with my wife. The devil knows if you and your wife cannot pray together, you are going nowhere. If your marriage, if you cannot pray together, sincerely, openly, joyfully, you are trying to fly with one wing. Never you despise your wife. Never. <laughs> I'm sorry for you if you do. Never. Never despise your husband. The first thing your husband or your wife for you is a prayer partner. Two is better than one. Then I have, I pray, I pray alone and I pray with my wife and I pray with my family. But again, there's nothing like when we go to the church and we pray together as a church. Years ago, 2012, uh, August the 2nd, about 3 a.m. in the morning, I had a divine visitation. It was my first time to see God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit at the same time. I was shocked. And in that vision, I knew that an angel was coming my way to give me a message, an angel. When he came closer to that where that thing is standing, he shifted. And behind him, I saw three men coming towards me. And the Lord was in the middle. And I fell down before him, and I said to him, when are you coming back? And immediately, the Holy Ghost moved into him. He began to speak to me. And he said, why do you fast alone? Why do you fast alone? I said, Lord, I don't fast alone. 
We fast together once, in the, maybe at the end of the month, every month we come to an fast. He said, you ought to be fasting with the elders. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> so from that time, anywhere I am going, like as I'm going back now, all the elders would join me in fasting and prayer. Many of us are destroyed because we don't follow divine order. You cannot do it alone. We pray, not my father, which is in heaven, but our father. So I got all the elders, and I discussed it with them, and we begin to fast and pray together. Once in a while, I want to do something, I have to join them. Even though they may be sleeping, or they may be praying with power, but they are elders. They have their place and position. And I joined them together in fasting and in prayer. You must respect and appreciate the order of the church. God is not an author of confusion. There are things that God will never give to you till you and your husband agree. There are things that you will never receive till you join a church, a believing church. And be a part of a church, a part of a body. You can fast for 40 days and God will do nothing. He will tell you, stop wasting your time, eat your food and go to church. I will meet you at the church. You can pray in tongues all night, wake up the next morning with a headache. And you wonder why. God said you should have spent a good time and sleep. If you'd prayed only 10 minutes with your husband, that would have solved the problem. <laughs> so, listen, you, you just, this is how God operates. God said, go, go to bed. You can fast, you can pray, you can bind the devil and nothing. The devil even become bigger and bigger. Why? Because God's telling you, listen, you don't need to fast, don't need to play your gymnastic. All you have to do is to tell your husband, I am sorry. Stop tricking yourself. I know what happened. I was witness to it. Go and repent in the church and stop deceiving yourself. Just stop telling me how I love you. You are, just, just get rid, get rid. Didn't you just repent of your sin first? That would be enough. Forgive your neighbor. Don't play this game before. Don't play a game with God. Be honest. Be sincere. Allow him to deal with your heart. Somebody say hallelujah to Jesus. Go and tell your dad, dad, I am sorry. I remember years ago I was praying for, praying for people. And I came to a lady in the church. It was years ago. I laid my hands on her. Then I was surprised what I said. I said to her, stop praying. Stop fasting, don't read the Bible, and in two weeks' time, everything will be all right. I almost laughed myself. I said, what did I say? Don't pray, don't read the Bible, don't fast anymore, and in two weeks, everything will be all right. I don't know, I don't even know what was wrong with her, I don't even know what she's, problem she had. And two weeks later, she came, it happened, it happened. I said, what happened? She said that day, she and her husband had already prepared the paper for their divorce. That day. And she was always fasting, always praying, always binding the devil, always confessing the scripture. The more she fasts, the more she prays, the more she binds the devil, the more she confessed the Bible, it becomes worse. And the moment she stopped doing all those things, Everything changed. 
Why? She was using Bible, prayer, fasting to push her will on her husband. Listen, you can turn the Bible into a book of witchcraft. You can use the Bible and control people and manipulate them to do what you want them to do. I, w- I was scared what I said. I said, what did I say like that? What was that? I said, Lord, was that you? Or it was, for, was it my head? It was God. And she said, I was using everything spiritual to push my will on my husband. When I stopped, everything changed. They, 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 I think they lived together till they died. I don't know if they're dead now, but it's a long time ago. So sometimes we ought to do the simple thing. And don't just use your faith or your prayer or whatever to force your will on other people. Obey God yourself first. Do the right thing. Love your neighbor. Forgive one another. And your prayer will go straight to heaven. Somebody say hallelujah. Wow, brother, I'm, I'm going I'm to be living here. So remember, as I said in the morning, power comes. Prayer, fasting, Communion with the Holy Ghost with Jesus. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And it comes also, as I said in the morning, by revelation. Very powerful, very important. The main purpose why God fills you with the Holy Spirit and why you pray in tongues. The Holy Ghost comes to reveal to you who Jesus is. As you speak mysteries, as you pray in the Holy Ghost, he begins to enlighten you with the light of the Holy Scriptures. In the Old Testament, the, 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 the menorah or the candlestick was there in the holy place, and before the menorah was the bread, the, the bread of his presence. That bread represents God's word. That light represents the Holy Ghost. The light of the Holy Ghost illumines the word. So the more you are filled with the Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit, you are speaking mysteries, you begin to develop the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You begin to know things not just with your head, but in your own inner man. Can somebody say hallelujah? The Holy Ghost helps you know who Jesus is. And he reveals the word of God to your heart. Somebody say hallelujah! The next way of power is by when you go through sifting. Say with me, sifting. Sifting. Trials. Persecutions. Sufferings. That enlarges your life. No matter who you are, how you are anointed, how you love God, there are some things Christ would allow you to go through. Peter, Peter, the devil has desired to sift you as what? Wheat. But I have what? Prayed for you. That when you are made strong, you become a source of strength to your brethren. Why many times the church is weak and powerless is because we have not seen people who have gone through siftings and come out stronger. 
When you go through the sea things, go through the valley and through the hell, enduring, persisting, loving, forgiving, believing, not questioning God, not being angry with God. The more you persist as you go through the siftings and trials and attacks and, and you persist in the, in the way of God. You persist. You come out victorious. When you come out, you become an instrument of strength to other people. There are power you never have till you go through some sifties in your life. When you identify with Christ in his cross. And you come out purified and stronger. Basically, you become a dead person. Dead to self. Dead to your own desires, to your own dream, your own thought, your own plan. Dead to self. And the devil knows that you don't just have power, now you have authority. Sift it. Try out. Go through it. Persist. Don't give up. Don't question God. Don't be angry with God. Don't be offended with God or with church. Don't start getting offended with everybody because you are going through some... When you come out of it, you come out as gold. God will never let you suffer for suffering's sake. Never, never, never. There's always glory after every suffering. Somebody say hallelujah. When you see your pastor going through some valleys, don't think it's because of sin. Or, no. No. If you stand with him in prayer, stand with him in faith, when he come out, <laughs> you will say, what happened to our pastor? He is so full of fire now. And what you are enjoying many times in some of us here is the fruit of a crushed life. The Bible says, you will see the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will come after. When you don't suffer in the right way, you suffer in vain. When you suffer rightly and come out in his power, there's the glory about you. Your personality change. You become meek and broken and humble. Your arrogance is gone. Your flesh is gone. Your ego is gone. You no more worship self. You no more worship the devil or this world. You've gone through the safeties of life. And you come out more glorious. You are refined like gold. It can come in different ways. Attacks. Disappointments. Betrayals. Frustrations. People you love kill you. And you have to forgive them. You are forgiving, you are crying. Yes, you have to. You don't want to give the devil any chance in your life. When you persist and come out victorious, there will be an anointing upon your life. There's no more anointing before the cross. There's no anointing after the cross. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ did not destroy the devil by anointing. He destroyed the devil by dying on the cross. There's a power you will never have till you die. Well, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. And the Lord Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. In Acts 28, 
We hear the story of Paul in, in the island of Melita. And he came out and had a shipwreck and found himself in that island. It was cold and rainy and windy and frozen after almost how many months on the sea? A broken boat, broken ship, and shipwrecked and life. I mean, they were they just survived. Everything they had already perished. And as came out in this island of Melita, they, you know, they welcomed them there. And then, you know, it's cold, it's winter, it's raining. Just been there for months on the sea and tossed up and down. And, and here they found Valerie arrived at land. And uh, Paul went and picked some broken pieces of wood and uh, sticks and put it all together. And, and they put fire on. And, and they were just trying to warm themselves. You know, and then they got all this, all this little broken things. And just... Ah, they put some fire. They went, as he was trying to warm himself, a viper hung himself on his head. A viper survived the shipwreck. And here comes this python, this viper, real poison, hanging on his hand. The people of the island said, this man must be a dangerous man. That even though he survived the shipwreck, now here, see the viper hanging on his hand. And they watched to see how he would drop down dead. Instead, the Bible said he shook the serpent into the fire. Some of you here may be here today and the devil is hanging on your shoulder. Viper, poison. You are, he's hanging there. You hang in there. God wants you to walk in his power where you and I can be able to shake it off into the fire and feel no pain. Somebody say hallelujah. The power of God immunizes you. Immunizes you. Where the, the, the Lord said, even if you drink poison, it wouldn't hurt you. You would tread upon serpents and scorpions. You would cast out devils. So we are in a season and time where there's vipers everywhere. And there are people. They will hang on you to pull you down. Serpents, snakes, vipers, witches, wizards, the occult, they are mad and raging. They cast spells on people, on churches, on preachers. But those that know their God shall be strong. They shall do exploits. Somebody say hallelujah. Those that know their God, they shall be what? Strong and they shall do exploits. Today, we're going to pray together. And I believe God that the Holy Ghost begins to release His power in your life. And you can shake that viper into the fire. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Now be hanging there, hanging there. But today, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, any serpent. Any demonic walk and attack in your life, any poisons of hell in your mind, in your body, in your being, no matter how long it has hang on you tonight, in the sacred name of Jesus Christ, those vipers are being shaken out of your life tonight. In the name of Jesus, those poisons, those spells, those demonic things, those fears and nightmares, and that you can't rest in the night. You shake them off in the name of Jesus. And they are broken by the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. 
the arrows of darkness. The arrows that he's throwing to your mind to poison your thinking. To paralyze your life. But anointing, you can shake it off. I love to see people shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Shake it off in the name of Jesus. That foul thing bites on the wall of anointing. Couldn't penetrate that wall. Because the anointing immunizes you. <laughs> Years ago, a man took my image and picture to the voodoo people. They make him, went online and got my picture and stick it to the voodoo. And they, they make my image and give him and give him pins. To be pinning me, you know, cursing and pinning me. When I heard that, I tell him, tell the person, I said, tell him, if he doesn't have money for pin, I can buy him a carton of For free. I'm serious. I said, the picture on our website, I'm not, it's not big picture. I can give him a full size, you know what I mean? I mean, real <laughs> live image of me. If he doesn't know how, how to, doesn't know, I can give him a carton of pins. Bigger picture. Kabama Hosende. And then after a while, I was tired of that nonsense. I said, Holy Ghost, shake him. Holy Ghost, shake him. The next thing I said, I baptized him. He got saved. (laughs) Say with me, Holy Ghost, shake them. Say, Holy Ghost, shake them. Holy Ghost, shake that man, that woman. Anybody who is troubling you, any evil person, don't curse them, don't hurt them, don't forgive them, bless them, but say, Holy Ghost, shake them. Shake them. Shake them. Kamamao sakamure mehis. Lamane kekumaha. Hey, la zosanda ramahaya. They say, the power is here. The power is here. Receive the power of God. Holy Ghost, shake them. Oh, brethren. The more I look at your eye, the more I preach. I'm going to stop. I'm going to close my eye because when I look at you, I keep on preaching. <laughs> 